You're listening to The LaunchCast, the podcast about leadership, business, life, and growth with me, your host, George Andriopoulos. It's like food for your ears. All right, what do we have here today? Oh, podcorn. Yes, podcorn. I'm talking to you out there, podcasters. I'm going to give you a little hand. You want sponsorships, right? Yeah, you do. Guess what? This guy right here wanted sponsorships too. And one of the first places I looked was Podcorn. I signed up for the service. I browsed sponsorship opportunities. I sent in a bunch of pitches. And guess what? Podcorn themselves decided to sponsor the LaunchCast. And this is real. I am getting paid right now for this ad. Real cash money, not cryptocurrency. Not Bitcoin, none of that garbage. Podcorn is a marketplace connecting podcasters to amazing podcast opportunities for sponsorships such as host read ads, interview segments, topical discussions, and more. With Podcorn, there's no middleman, and we all hate middlemen like Fabrizio. Nobody likes him. No, no, not you, buddy. Podcasters of all sizes can browse and choose opportunities right on the platform, set their own rates, and collaborate with brands directly without any exclusivities. That's right. You never give up any rights to your podcast on Popcorn. Popcorn? Who said Popcorn? Podcorn is here to support you at every step and ensure you're protected and compensated for the work that you do. Click the link in my show notes, guys, to sign up for Podcorn and start browsing sponsorship opportunities Today, Fabrizio, what is this crazy music you put on? Please shut this off. The mambo on a commercial. What is wrong with you, man? At this time, I'm going to ask that you fasten your seatbelts. Launch sequence. Launch sequence activated. Launch sequence activated. Five, four, three, two, one. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to the LaunchCast. I say it once, I say it again. God, I love this music. Goosebumps. Episode 115. The hills are alive with sounds like autism. You guys know that reference, right? It's the launch dad himself, George Andriopoulos, your favorite podcast host, bringing you your favorite podcast on the planet. And we are talking leadership, business, life, and growth as the beat drops. Who else has a podcast theme like that? Come on, guys. Jeez. Guys, thank you for joining me today on episode 115. We have... Two very special guests, two guests today, two for the price of one. We have my friends from Sounds Like Autism, Dave Thompson, Josh Mursky. Hi. Oh. The living legends right here with us in studio. Thank you for joining me, guys. Yeah, no problem. Thank you so much. It's a really nice studio you got here. Yeah, yeah thanks, man. Yeah. I, I try. It I try. puts ours to shame. I, I agree we, we should get this. This is 
What did I tell you about comparing, man? Come on. <laughs> Puts yours to shame. I mean, you should get this. You guys are doing some important stuff. Doesn't matter what your studio <laughs> looks like. Doesn't matter what that studio looks like. Guys, this is a uh, this is going to be a good one today. I'm I've been so excited about the potential of having Josh and Dave in studio to talk about what they are doing in the world. And I was lucky enough to meet them just about a year ago, maybe a little under a year ago. Um, and we've gotten pretty tight since then, doing some cool things together. And so let me give you the intro on the boys here, and uh, and then we'll jump into it. So we'll start with Dave. Dave Thompson is an educator, an innovator, with an insatiable desire to see the world continue to evolve and to be more inclusive of people labeled different. An advocate supporting neurodivergent people for 10 plus years, he brings unique insight into just how valuable yet undervalued, deserving, and yet undeserved the neurodivergent community is. A neurodiverse individual himself, that is a new revelation. Dave is the director of workforce development for a leading nonprofit autism employer where he helps provide supported job opportunities to people with autism. His podcast, along with Josh Sounds Like Autism, celebrates people's differences and promotes a more inclusive world for all different kinds of minds. That's Dave. Now, Josh, panning to Josh right now because I can, because I have the setup in this incredible studio, as Josh says. Josh Mursky <laughs> is an advocate, thinker, and change maker in the autism community. Diagnosed with autism at 13 years of age, Josh has overcome misdiagnoses, bullying, lack of proper services, unemployment, and relationship struggles, and has emerged as a strong, vocal young man. Josh is a lead production assistant at Spectrum Designs Foundation, a self-taught artist, and has a passion for airplanes and world history. His overall goal is to spread awareness and understanding of autism and to lend a hand to those affected and their families at any chance he gets. Now, two more things I want to add. This guy right here to my right is also a speaker who dares, and that's okay. coming up on March 24th, uh, and I'm so excited to be front and center for that. It's a really special speaking event, actually from the executive producers of the former TEDx Lincoln Square. He's going to do a really great talk where he's going to talk about his neurodiversity a little bit, right? Yeah, yeah, I am. Yeah. It, it's a... Uh... I'm not quite daring yet, but I'll hopefully we'll we'll see we'll see this March. <laughs> yeah, I think I think <laughs> you're daring. I will be. I think you're daring by proxy at this point. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 so. yeah. And on top of that, these boys uh, they speak right. They are public speakers, both of them. They are using this platform to to create some change, to do some good. And Josh and Dave are both TEDx alumni. They are both TEDx speakers, having joined forces to do their very first TEDx talk at TEDx Farmingdale, the event that I executive produce. What an incredible talk you guys did there. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I was so proud of what you, what you guys did and more so proud of the journey. And we're going to get into that in a little bit. So let's dive in. Ready? Yeah. You're not sure. ready for this. <laughs> You're not ready for this jelly. I'm going to ask you guys the question that I always ask, and I want, uh, I'm going to ask it as a group and feel free, whoever wants to take it. Dave and Josh, are you guys leaders? Um, yes. Um, and I've kind of evolved over that. Uh, the first, I mean, when I first thought of leadership, I originally thought like what most people um, do when they're like around my age, like, oh, leadership's kind of like a boss where, you know, you tell people what to do, you're in charge. But I've come to realize that's not the case. Um, in fact, a leader is someone who says, oh, what can I do to help others and bring them up to 
their like level of excellence and people will then naturally come to you. And I've seen that numerous times be the case. Um, and again, it's because you go about things. How can I help you? How can I help you be the best you you can be? And um, yeah, it comes from there. So that that's how I view myself as a leader, someone who tries to help others reach their potential. Yeah, I, I love that answer, man. And and knowing you now for this past year, it's insane to me how much that answer has evolved from what it probably yeah. would have been <laughs> a year ago. And yeah. I, I don't, I'm not saying that in a negative way, like you were here and now you're here. It's not about that, but we learn every day, right? That's what leadership yeah. is about. We have to sort of uh, take our experiences take the, these different things that we experience, we learn from others, you know, really use them to grow yeah. as people, as leaders. Yeah, always be willing to learn. I mean, something is like, if you're the smartest person in the room, why are you in the room? Because then there's nothing for you to learn. So then you being there is pointless. You want to always have something to learn. Yeah, I love that, man. Time. Dave, what about you, bud? I knew you were going to ask this because <laughs> I do listen to the best podcast as you so eloquently introduced yourself in the beginning. Um, and uh, it's been a really cool self-reflective kind of exercise for me. It's a hard question. And I think a lot of people are challenged by that question when you ask it. Um, but I think with confidence at this point in my life, I can say, absolutely, yeah, I'm a, I'm a leader, whether it's a thought leader or uh, quite literally, uh, you know, obviously I'm in a supervisory, managerial, directorial position professionally. And I don't think I would be at such a cool in, within such a cool space if I wasn't a leader. Um, and you know, being put on on big stages and uh, working alongside so many incredible people. Um, yeah, I would say at this point, I'm I'm leading. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Tell me more about that. Tell me your definition of a leader. Well, depends what you're talking about, but I think that in in my case, um, I'm I'm curating and uh, nurturing a, a team, whether it's a population or a, a group, whether it's nationally and internationally alongside Josh, that is, is like-minded, motivated, and um, supportive of each other and um, approaches everything from a place of positivity and, and um, you know, a constructive place. Um, and I think that, I mean, that's how leadership works for me, is to kind of uh, lead from within and to, to just show people what, how I think the world should look. Um, and that it's, it's really been picking up steam in the past couple of years. And, and I'm, I'm, I've been focusing on it and honing in on it. And it's working, whatever it is. So It is working. <laughs> I, will, I could absolutely attest to that, that it's working. I love that you guys have explored these different platforms that can help to disseminate your message of, uh, of inclusion and, and all the other important things you guys talk about. And, you know, it really, I, I've said this time and time again, that the, the most simple, uh, the, the very foundation, uh, the definition of a leader is somebody that will stand up and say, I'll do it. You know, I'll help, I'll do it, I'll lead, I'll show them. And, and that's really what you guys are doing here, in essence. Uh, we've had a lot of the leaders on the show that talk about the team. We have a lot of leaders talk about the importance of the message. Josh, talk to me about that. Talk to me about, in terms of leadership, how important is it that you guys, in your positions right now, are the ones that stand up and say, I'll do it? Well, very, because basically 
what we do is we go by like our morals and stuff, and that's what we lead by. So, um, if you if you lead by what you know is correct from your heart and your morals, um, and other people follow, you're just promoting the right thing, being on the right thing, and naturally the right thing gets like the right um, rewards and stuff coming. So, and also you're kind of like helping like people realize, okay, no, this is correct. Um, maybe this was not the really like the best choice, and you get to help them out with that journey. So, I, I want to dive a little bit more into into your story first, Josh, um, okay. because it's it's so interesting to see where you are now and hear about where you have come from. So you, you've talked about this in your in your TEDx talk, and you've talked about this on your show, Sounds Like Autism, which we'll get into, but. Tell me about life before your diagnosis. You were diagnosed at 13 years old yeah. with autism. Tell me about the life of Josh Mursky before. Ooh, that's a great, that's a great show title, right? The life of Josh Mursky. Isn't that a great? <laughs> sure, let's do it. Disney Plus. <laughs> Disney Plus, are you listening? <laughs> I can't see Bob Iger where he's not the CEO. Um, new Bob. Yeah, new Bob. So, so tell me about the life of Josh Mursky, TM, well, before your diagnosis. TM. Well, I mean, pretty much I was always, like, the guy who was, like, bullied and, like, picked on and all that. So it was kind of like I I knew something was kind of different. I didn't really know what because up until, like, I was right before I got diagnosed, I kind of didn't, didn't even know what autism was. So it, it was just typical being bullied, um, ostracized, outcast, all that. So that that's pretty much all I knew, like, when I went to school, camps, um, that, that was literally all I knew. So I didn't know it got better. I just, that's all I knew. So that was my normal. Um, after, but like after diagnosis, it, it's not like it got magically better. I mean, because then it was um, like the school didn't want to give me the services. I was um, still blamed for stuff. People um, were like, oh, you don't have autism. And like, so like just a, a bunch of things like that. So it's, it really, it, it didn't really start getting better until like um by my later years like my adult entering like my adulthood um and refinding myself that's when things started really getting better but until then i mean it didn't really change um except you know people were like oh okay well that, that's why he's doing that but yeah re- re- realistically i mean people really didn't uh that's also one of the main reasons why um i find the work as like so important because i i i know as someone with autism like the realities of like when you're going through things that some people they'll know and they won't care. Some people will try to like um take that and like view it as a weakness and like but and use it against you. But that's why the community has to at least building up is so important because when you know you're not the only one, um, it gives you like an inner strength saying, Okay, I'm not the only one and then you see like so far like followers wise we have like over five thousand three hundred so you, you see, like, wow, there's, like, that many people. Like, okay, I'm definitely not the only one. And then, you know, you start talking to people, and people talk, and it it makes things much easier, and you'll find ways to get help. So it that's really important, and that's – but really, like, my past, my childhood was a big reason why I wanted to team up with Dave and uh, start this. Yeah, so – all of that is is so phenomenal, and I think you you're really speaking to the fact of what you've learned now yeah. and, and looking back. Talk to me more specifically. Talk to me about Josh's family during that time and and how how you felt specifically before you were diagnosed on a personal level with you know the struggles that you were going through. 
Well, mostly the the struggles were um, usually with the kids, the the teachers who would like they wouldn't understand like why I don't understand something, which is quote unquote like easy for everyone else, but they wouldn't understand. Um, they wouldn't. So, and I would try to explain stuff, and it wouldn't make sense to them. So, my mom would always have to go to the school and like fight the school board and all that, like, just to like try to get me a, a services. And most of the time, um, they wouldn't give it to her. So I always saw my mom like coming out of the school crying. So that was like I, like I had my mom at the school way more than normal, like tip, neurotypical, um, individuals. So that that was um that. But I mean, really, pretty much up until my um like beginning of adulthood, my social life, everything was really bad. So like all this again is why um I think Dave and I really um formed SLA the the original like backbone of that is so because we know like lo- this is a reality for lots of people and um for unfortunately a lot of people it still goes on even in their adulthood so if we could give them an outlet for them it's so important because that outlet is just a spark of like something which could like light a fire like change you know and um that's extremely important and sure. um I know lots of times I reach out to individual followers every now and then and I'll talk to them um and uh yeah there like some people are like oh you know i'm just so happy thank you like just you talking to me like helps blah 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 so we are doing good and i'm happy because i know where they are because i was there like a majority of my life um and just because like i look right now like oh you know he he's successful he looks at this it's like no i understand because most of my life i was like that yeah so that's like i will never forget that and um it's always important to help those who are still there so after your diagnosis, um, what was your outlook on life before you knew about all this SLA stuff? You were diagnosed at 13. Now you sort of understand why things are the way they yeah. are, right? What was your outlook on life? But, like immediately once I was? Um, yes, after, uh, right after your okay. diagnosis. <laughs> well, so the only things I knew about autism were like it's communication disorder but also, like, that was it. So I thought, basically, I was going to be a mute. I thought that, like, and then, because, remember, this is, I'm 13, so, like, I'm giving you the raw, honest truth here. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought that, I, intellectually, like, I was going to, like, just start going down, down, down. Because I, again, didn't know anything about it. Um, so it was a lot, like, because there's a lot, when you first get diagnosed with something, um, there, there's a lot, which you kind of get taken, like, okay, this is why this is, this is kind of reality now. Now I, I, you kind of want to learn about why you've done certain things. So it, it's a lot to take in. So I, I began that journey and um, really uh, looking back, honestly, like again, up until like kind of recently, like I kind of just figured it out. Like because doing also through SLA, like I talked to lots of people and they tell me things about themselves. I'm, and, but mentally I'm like, oh, that makes lots of sense. That's like exactly what I did. So it's constantly a learning thing, but I think I just kind of recently, within like the founding of SLA, um, figured out a lot about myself that I had no idea um, was there. Yeah, and that that really speaks to a lot, right, in terms of the problems uh, of inclusion, right? Because now you were a newly diagnosed autistic individual, and you had some predetermined stereotypes about this. You had certain stigmas that you associated with autism before you fully accepted that you were a member of that community. And that gave you a really negative outlook on life, right? Yes. 
So, so it, it's so, to me, it's, it's amazing how you went through the self-discovery mission all, you know, throughout all these years, which wasn't really a mission, mission. It was just you living your life. And you sort of realized as you were experiencing these things, as you tried to succeed as, a, as an individual, that, you know what, those are just stigmas. I can get past these things. I can succeed more than what my, this diagnosis is, right? This diagnosis yeah. is not a, 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 a a life sentence. Yeah, that's also why, like, I always say, like, like stigma buster and all those things because, like, when I say I hate stigmas, like, I'm not kidding. I literally hate stigmas. And one of the main reasons is because back when, like, I first got diagnosed, like, it was because of stigmas and lack of information that I thought that. So I know how a stigma and lack of information can really make a person think a certain way. So that that's why when I say, oh, we hate stigmas at SLA, SLA is going to, you know, give us, we're fighting stigmas. That's the reason why I say it. It's because I I know it. I've been on the other side of the fence. Now I'm here. I know what the other side of the fence it looks like from there, and I want to get rid of the other side of the fence. Yeah, you know. So that and I know the the best way to do it is the way we're doing. I mean, you stay through our course and just um, anyone else who's out there um, doing inclusion help and all those stay through your course and like as like a unit we will do it. Before you were enlightened in terms of what autism was about and, and really dealt with life as an autistic individual. What was your outlook on your future? What did you, what did 13 or 15 year old Josh Mursky think his future was going to look like? Well, I mean, at 13, uh, at that age, I was like, I was going through so much like the bullying and stuff. I really, there's no time for me to even like think of it. But as I started thinking it, you know, I really, I really didn't know. I mean, up until like I started like teaching myself how to like publicly speak by watching like politicians and stuff on YouTube. I'm like memorizing certain things which they do. Um, I really didn't have any hopes, but it was around that point like in high school um, where I started like to really since I didn't have friends like to memorize like different things. Like I realized maybe I think I got this, and then I saw like my writings were like um, I think at a um, history class or something we had to write on some report I, I just i remember like the way it came out it was like like sound like a professional speaker and um i kind of saw like i kind of knew that that was in me um but yeah up until then really i there's really no um hopes there's no grand aspirations um because again when you're being like bullied and made to feel feel like basically dirt like again and again and again day after day after day there's really, you're not like going home like thinking, hmm, I'm going to be an astronaut. Like there's none of that. It's just like you're trying to just get through each day. And um, that that's horrible because, you know, so many people like their aspirations get crushed because they go through that. So, again, just having the ability to like reach out to masses and like say, hey, you know, you're not alone. Like all that. I know from firsthand account how important that is um, because just knowing that really like, I mean, again, um, I know, like, people don't want to talk about it, but, like, the suicide rate and stuff, like, if you do that, you don't know. Like, maybe that person is like, oh, my life stinks, you know, I don't want to go on. But by having us, like, reach our hand out, you will never know. But that could stop someone and say, hey, you know what, someone's like me, it's worth staying here. And you'll never know that. So um, that's why what we do, I think, is extremely important. Tell me, tell me the story about the girl in high school, uh, oh, what she one. said to you, but without the punchline from the TED Talk. Yes. Yeah, so, all right. So, pretty much, um, I was in a, I believe it was an earth science, and um, 
I was sitting, I think, the first row or something, and um, I, uh, I, got, I think I got a good grade, so I was, like, happy and had my paper on the desk, and this this girl um, walks on from me, and she says something along the lines, like, you know, Josh, one day I'm going to be a famous movie star, and you're going to be, like, some homeless guy living in a box. And, um, you know, generally I am very thankful for that moment. Uh, at the moment, back then, it really hurt, but I used to kind of as a challenge a lot to myself to never give up because the thing is, like, let, let's say I'm having a bad day at work, for example, right? If I slack off on my quality of work and stuff, who am I proving right? Her, because that's the path of eventually ending up homeless, right? Because, you know, you do bad, you lose your job, then boom, you're homeless. Or you continue to do good and you succeed. So whenever, like, I'm really, like, down stuff, like, I use myself, like, I do not want that to be right, what that person said. So I turned that negative into a positive. But I used that as like a way to like motivate myself by a fact. If I screw up and then keep on screwing up and keep on screwing up, it's only going to make her right at the end. Or I can do what I know I could do. And I mean, eventually, you know, do so well. I mean, it just makes what she says a laughing joke. And I mean, so far, I've made it into a laughing joke. Um, and I continue and I want to continue to do that. And I know I will. But, um, yeah, I think that was a defining moment um, looking back at it. But I've turned it into a very good moment. Yeah, man. Proud of you. You're, uh, you, are, you are turning it into a very good moment. Um, <laughs> Thank you. All right. Enough with you. Enough with you. I want to talk to Dave for a minute. <laughs> Dave. George. Why don't you lay down on this couch because we're going we're gonna to go deep right now. <laughs> <laughs> Dave. I've read a few things that you've you've written on on social media. I've heard a couple of interviews. I obviously have gotten to know you this past year. You had a, a rough childhood, man. You had a to say the least, you had a rough childhood that had everything from parental suicide attempts to electroshock therapy to everything. Tell me what about childhood made you choose this line of work? What what did that experience do for you that it made you get into the line of work that you're in right now? And actually, you can tell everybody a little more about what you do uh, with Spectrum and Nicholas. Cool. So, yeah, I'll start there. That's the easy part. Um, so I, uh, I serve as director of workforce development for an awesome nonprofit called Nicholas Center um, at another awesome nonprofit called Spectrum Designs Foundation. That's a little bit complicated, but basically they're, they're two uh, two businesses that were founded together. Uh, one is a human services agency that supports people like Josh um, and his peers in the workplace, and Spectrum Designs Foundation is the actual workplace. Uh, it's a screen printing embroidery facility. Uh, we have huge clients like Google, Uber, Facebook, Autism Speaks, um, and uh, it's the, the coolest job in the world. Um, and it it's taken a long time for me to get here. I always knew that I wanted to help people. It was just very general. Um, and it's taken a long time of honing in on what, where exactly, um, the, the good work was. Um, I, my calling wasn't necessarily to work with people with autism. It was to help people. And I just found a really special organization and group of people that, um, were doing that. We were helping people. Um, so I've also worked with teens in the foster care system, teens in the juvenile justice system of New York City, um, and other populations of people over the past uh, 10 plus years. Um, and a lot of that reason is because of the, the rough upbringing that I had. Um, it, it, 
it took a long time again to hone in on that and realize that helping others help me. Um, and it's the only thing that really helps me besides like my family and my wife. Um, professionally, I could never do anything but human services stuff. Uh, and no, I didn't have the same experience as Josh, but I, I'm again, a neurodiverse individual myself. So this is kind of something professionally that I've never really disclosed. And because of Speakers Who Dare, I, I told Cordon on his show a couple of months ago, uh, and I can say it again, that um, at Speakers Who Dare, my talk is about the fact that I've never really disclosed this stuff professionally because of the stigma surrounding people that carry the label of different, which is ridiculous because I'm working 60 hours a week on creating a better world uh, for people labeled different. Uh, and Josh has been a big catalyst um, and a big inspiration to me to, to put it out on the table. Uh, so I have ADHD. I was an early adopter, one of the, you know, back in the early 90s when that was, you know, a really new thing. So it's pretty, it's a pretty serious case. Uh, I'm dyslexic. I wrote backwards till third, fourth grade, couldn't ride a bike, tie my shoes. Um, so obviously, I was kind of an outcast and an, uh, an other in school, um, a lot like Josh. I was in special ed classes from kindergarten all the way through high school. Um, I was bullied um, and did horrible in school until I found my calling of you know uh, human rights and social services, human services uh, in college, and then I graduated on the dean's list. You know, once I found something that I loved doing and I was highly motivated to do it. Um, so yeah, it's been, it's been quite a journey and there was the, the middle years, the teenage years I spent as a punk rock musician, uh, like literally cutting school cause I had the gig, a gig the night before and stuff like that. So I've always kind of been on stages and as a performer, but it was more just, uh, the aggression without the focus, yeah. you know, you, you mentioned punk rock. I wanted to get into that. So, you know, it's funny. I've interviewed quite a few leaders on this show, and and uh, I really try and surround myself by by like minded people, people that are leaders, and and really try and create change. And I'm so interested in the genesis of that leadership and how it came about with everybody. And so we talk a lot about a few things on this show. One thing is spark moments. We'll get into that later. Those moments in life that were the pivotal moments that really um, set set you down a path, whether it was good or bad in life and and then there's balance right i talk about the balance phenomenon a lot it's it's this thing where everything starts coming together in order to help you fire on all cylinders and so you having these experiences in your in your childhood and adolescence um and, and growing into the person that you are today you went down uh, quite a few different roads and one thing that i heard in that cordon interview with you was specifically the the defiance of that punk rock persona, right? Wearing dresses to school uh, just to say you wore a dress to school, right? Because nobody wanted you to wear one. You know, it's it's interesting when we look back to look at the things that made us, whether it's music, wh- whatever whatever kind of influences you had. Talk to me about how punk rock helped to balance you and helped to to define you in a really tumultuous time. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh... You know, I wasn't, I scored goals for the wrong team in every sport I ever tried. I just naturally just didn't gravitate towards like the 
the schooly stuff, whether it was academics or extracurriculars. So I was kind of, and I was kind of probably actively excluded for that from that. Um, so I kind of found a, an island of misfits toys, as as, uh, as Mark would say, um, a, a group of of the others of the you know, whatever you want to call them, societies, rejects or whatever. And what's funny is like, you know, judging by the way I look and stuff, I could have been a football player judging by, you know, I am a, a white, straight, meat-eating male, you know, but I deliberately kind of othered myself is how I would say it uh, because I didn't identify with those people, not with the things they were up to. Like, I wish I was good at sports. I wish I did good at school. Um and I wish I got along with everybody. But during that time, um, you know, I didn't get the kind of support that I needed with all my challenges at home. And uh, I needed a, an empathetic, loyal group of people that would just support me no matter what. And we all had our stuff, you know, whether we were in special ed classes or we had a thing at home or both like me. Um, the skateboarders, the punk rockers, the, the freaks, the goths. Um, we all stuck together. So, you know, I went to a really big school district. So there was probably about 40 of us that I would consider just like family, you know, and it was that deliberate. Well, yeah, sure. You guys won't let me in this group, then fine. I'm very happy with this one. And I'll embrace that. Um, that, that switch for me was huge. And it was very energizing, uh, despite the lack of focus of where that energy was going. Uh, because I had something to love and a group of people that loved me and supported me. Um, and, you know, it was some of the, the, even though it was only for five, six years that I was like out constantly playing gigs at shows in mosh pits, breaking bones, doing that stuff. Um, it was a really, it's a really huge moment in, in my life. Yeah. I want to hear where that all came together. What I mean by that is, uh, well, let me tell you something I admire about you, first of all. I admire the fact that you are you, that you can be Dave in the position that you're in. We're going to talk about how punk rock and and your work, your mission sort of uh, came together to, to form the person that is Dave Thompson now. But I want to explain a little bit to the audience why I want to address this. There was a very specific time doing what I do where I made the decision where I just want to be who I am. I want to be George. I don't want to uh, conform to what other people think a CEO has to look like or a thought leader has to look like or a public speaker has to look like. I want to get out there. If I'm on a stage, I want to wear what I want to wear. If I feel like wearing a suit, then I want to wear a suit. If I feel like wearing a button-down blazer, then I want to wear one. But if I feel like just wearing a T-shirt and ripped jeans, that's what I want to wear at this. You know, I, I have tattoos underneath this. I still, to this day, don't really feel too comfortable taking them out in a professional setting. And that's me. That's my thing. And so when I see somebody like you, who's proud to be who he is, who has a job that there could be another person in the world that does your job for another organization that wears a suit and tie to work every day. Um, but you know what? You couldn't do what you do. You couldn't help the people that you help if you weren't an authentic leader under there. Talk to me about when you realized that you could do what you do for a living and you could still be Dave at the same time. It's a really good question. 
Uh, it's the only kind we have here. Oh, wow. Look at that. <laughs> Josh, so on the show, we got to start doing good questions like George. Uh, <laughs> so uh, let, let me, hang on. Let me write that down. Mental could, note, do, do good, do good questions. questions. Right. Um, so again, knew I wanted to help people. Ended up in college, doing really well in college. Came out, this young idealist ready to tackle whoever. I was ready to, I was on Indeed applying for you know, caseworker positions, working with people with HIV, AIDS, homeless people, like just people, uh, you know, um, underserved communities is who I wanted to work with. And I wasn't getting anything back because I really didn't have that like kind of internship experience, volunteer experience, because again, until like towards the end of college, when I started really killing it, I really wasn't, uh, you know, you could call it a slacker, but it's also due to a lot of my, you know, uh, my brainial challenges <laughs> that I was, I was, uh, I was struggling and it all started coming together and I was ready. I wasn't getting anything. So I started where you always have to start, which is at the bottom as a, a direct, uh, a direct support worker at, in uh, group homes in New York city with those teens, uh, caught up in the, you know, gang affiliated teens. Um, and you know, a plain white tee jeans and a, and a fitted Yankee hat. That was the uniform. Like that was just, that was actually to fit in with everybody else and get some respect because I was by far the youngest. I was not only the only uh, worker in the group home that wasn't a parent, I was the only one that wasn't a grandparent. So I was with all these like retired cops or off-duty corrections officers working with these, you know, hardened uh, teenagers who had seen more in 14 years than I had seen in 23. Um, and so I started that way and I didn't need to... Um, well, I needed to impress people, but not in the way that you would think, like suit and tie impress people. Um, and then I, I started to realize, I was like looking into my masters and stuff, and I started to realize like, I'm not trying to wear a suit and tie to work. Like, that's just not me. I like dressing up, but for me, like when I want to, I, this is me. Tattooed, backwards hat, Dave is the authentic Dave. And, I, and I'm not good at doing what I do unless I'm me. Um, I'm not a good actor. That's what I always tell Josh. He's not a good actor. That's not a bad thing. That means I just have to be true to myself always. That's how I'm most successful. So luckily, um, as my journey continued, um, I found other jobs where I could, you know, and it's not just about obviously what I'm wearing, but it's about how I carry myself. Like I sign off most of my emails, like very stoked, Dave, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's just, that's me. That's who I am. And I, and I'm, I wouldn't be good at it if I had to be so much more buttoned up literally and proverbially. But, um, then I found the company I'm, I'm at now and I, I took a pay cut to get in there because they were doing the real good work. Like I said, um, and I started actually as a job coach working on the floor with guys like Josh and his friends, um, in a, in a button down shirt because I was like, I'm very motivated to, to do, and I'm working in like a dirty, inky screen printing factory in like a dress shirt and dockers for the first time in my life. Yeah. And my, my mentor, Allison Shear, who's a, a behaviorist and, and someone who's taught me so, so much in the space that I work in now. Um, one day, it was like really hot. It was like the middle of summer. We were printing thousands of T-shirts. And I rolled up my, my dress shirt, like one, like just, just the edge of the dress shirt. And my, my sleeve was showing. And she was like... Is that, Dave, can I talk to you for a second? Is, is that why you dress like that? Because of your tattoos? And I was like, yeah, well, I just figured it's not really. But she's like, no. She's like, our executive director has tattoos. I have tattoos. Like, not as many as you, but 
we don't have a policy. We're a small company. Like, you're doing great. Roll up your sleeves. Like, what are you doing? Um, and I slowly started, like, rolling them up more every day that summer during this, like, heat wave. And I realized, like, I'm, I'm being me in this position. Yeah. And um, now, you know, I'm, I'm supervising 30-something staff, a ton of uh, individuals on the autism spectrum as well. And I'm still doing it. I'm still me. And I don't know, you know, I think that things are getting a little bit more relaxed about you being able to be yourself at work. But I'm really lucky I am where I am because it's only because I am where I am that I, I'm able to be so successful because I'm, my, my talents and my quirks and my weirdness is all nurtured. You know, you know what, though? It, it, it's a great point that you say that it, it's because of where you are that you're so successful. Um, it's half true. You're so successful in what you do because of who you are. So mm-hmm. I, I don't want to take anything away from you there when we say that. Um, but also, a lot of credit goes to Spectrum Design for having that kind of culture. Uh, this is something that I've worked on for so many years in what I do for a living. Those that know me, I'm a management consultant by trade. Uh, and so my company goes out and helps to fix broken businesses. And one thing that we always do is we try to um, talk about that culture and really update the the stigma behind what culture is supposed to be at work. Um, who cares? Like, right? right? Who? What does it matter if somebody? But comes? why? Right. right? Like, yeah, you have a tattoo policy, but or why? like, right? Or like, yeah, there's nothing in your manual about backwards hats. Should there be? Right? Why? Right. You know, like, what? What makes it so uncomfortable for you that yeah. I'm just being me? It, in it's my so space? strange. Yeah. It's so strange. Why? Uh, and you know, look, I get it when you're in sales or 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 front facing where you're seeing clients constantly like that. I can understand because you never know what they're thinking. And look. Business is business, right? Like we're not in business just to have a great life. We also have to make a living. And so sometimes other people's narrow-minded views are going to have an effect on that. So I'm I'm fascinated by this personally. I applied for a uh, one last TEDx, one last TEDx to, and then I retire from the game. But I re- I applied for this TEDx where I actually pitched a talk called uh, "You Wouldn't Hire Me If I Were Overweight and Tattooed." the unconscious self-bias paradox. And it's really all about that. And it really goes deep and talks actually about how our own self-conscious issues are what really lead us to these biases. But that's a whole that's a whole other episode. And I just want to say one other thing. I mean, so much I, I agree about the front facing sales thing because the bottom line is that's your goal is to, you know, um, not be to 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 be identifiable and to be someone that people want to be around or whatever, and you don't want to alienate anyone. But as far as human services go, just because most of the individuals that I work with aren't tattooed, right? It's so important. Doesn't mean it's not so important that I'm not being authentically me. It's not a secret that Josh has autism. Yeah. Right. It shouldn't be a secret that I am who I am and being vulnerable to that, to them and to the people that that work under me is so, so important because it's showing you like, I'm putting my real self out there. Our, most of the participants in my program don't have the luxury of being able to mask their true selves. Yeah. So what am I trying to do? You 100%. know what I'm saying? And, and I, I wanna make an interesting point here is that, how, how old are you now? I'm 33. So you're 33, and it took you this long in your professional career to get to the point 
to actually disclose that you're neurodiverse. And it all stemmed from your early, early professional experience where you were actually told not to share uh, personal things about you, right? That's true. And you had to overcome that. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me where that... It took almost five years within the super supportive space that I'm in to be able to do that. And um, so basically when I was working with those gang-affiliated teens, I was helping uh, a a young dude named Rahim with his his homework after school. He was super frustrated. And uh, he was cursing at me. And he was like, "I I ain't doing this. I hate math and I ain't doing this. And I just leaned in and I was like, listen, man, the truth is, I think this stuff stinks too. I'm really bad at it. I'm, but it's my job to help you through it. And it's your job to get it done. And between you and me, I have ADHD as well. I have a lot of challenges that are just like yours. Um, but we're going to get through it and then we'll co- go play basketball. Great. We did it. Uh, and then later my, my supervisor asked to speak to me and she said, don't ever let me hear you say anything like that mess you just said up in here again. Uh, they will use, uh, not me, not me, but other people, the kids, the staff, will use that against you. Don't tell them your weaknesses or something along those lines. And that really stuck with me. Um, and I think that there is a lot of truth to it. It's not just this one supervisor that said that to me that was wrong. There's a lot of truth to that. The fact that, you know, people aren't honest about their true selves because other people aren't honest about their true selves. And if we all just put our true selves on the table like Josh does, if we all did it, I know that that's a, a revolutionary concept, but if we all did it, there'd be no judgment, there'd be no secrets, there'd be empathy and understanding among your fellow man. It would be, how cool would that be? You know what I mean? And I, I started to realize this at this conference. It really came to a head at a conference in Florida in October where um, it was an autism employment-focused conference, but when people got on stage you know, about 25% of the speakers had autism, but then others were like, listen, uh, my name's John Smith. I don't have autism, but I do have ADHD and PTSD. People are like, okay, cool. Or someone said, I, I don't have autism, but I just want to let you guys know I am a recovering alcoholic. I was like, okay, I kind of out of left field, but okay. And it made every, it made this incredible feeling of unity and diversity, um, unity and diversity, which is cool because if you're all putting yourself out, you know, your true selves out there, you have a you realize you have much more in common than 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 you have different you know yeah. and um so so i was with my executive director and i in the car on the way back to the hotel i was like you know i got to tell you something i have adhd and dyslexia and i don't know why i never told you but i just want to let you know and you know she was like oh really all right cool <laughs> and it was just this awesome moment for me of like <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's amazing how heavy that stuff can weigh on you day to day. And even if it's not in the front of your mind, you know, it affects you. Yeah. And, and it's very uh, liberating to be able to talk about. Yeah, sure. Unity and diversity. Wow. Uh, also another great TV show name. There you go. Premiering right after the life of Josh Mersky. I'm actually going to get, I'm gonna get the Instagram account right now. Hang Unity on. and diversity <laughs> follows the life of Unity Smith and Diversity Jones. <laughs> We got to TM that. So, speaking of speaking of all this, and speaking of printing, 
There you I go. got my my SLA T-shirt on. My sounds like autism T-shirt. Best T-shirt ever. Best T-shirt Best ever. T-shirt ever. And this guy shows up in a blazer and a button down, like go. I'm supposed to be. But I'm fighting the norms. I'm fighting the power. Nobody's gonna tell me how to dress <laughs> on my goddamn show. Yeah, stop trying to fit in, Josh. This is my show. <laughs> you should be that. wearing a Disney shirt right I, now. I encourage you. I heavily encourage you to always wear a SLA shirt. And, <laughs> and for those watching, I highly encourage you to buy SLA shirts too. <laughs> buy SLA shirts, cheap plug, cheap plug by Josh. Uh, you know, why do we even have to wear shirts? We're actually going to do the second half of this show topless, yeah, all three of us. <laughs> That'll so bring unity. Tune in for group. that. It'll also bring zero followers. Yeah, um, all right. What's next here? Oh, oh, Launchpad 516. Fabrizio, put that good stuff on for this one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I like this. Launchpad 516. What can I say about this company? My life's work. I founded this company in 2013, and man, what a journey it has been since then. I took everything, everything that I've learned in business, in life, the mistakes, the successes, and I built this company with one mission in mind, and that was to go out there and fix businesses. And damn it, we have done it. Management consulting, what does that mean? You need help with growth strategy. Your company is failing. Your company needs help growing. Your company is doing good, but just needs that little extra push. That's us. We come in, we analyze, we work with your people and we help you figure out how to get to the next level. I promise you that. Now, what else? Marketing, sure. Media Convergence, the marketing agency within Launchpad 516. We have Fortune 500 clients and we do it all. Web design, web development, social media marketing, email marketing, SEO, pay-per-click, video and graphic production, all of it. Public relations, yeah. We are a creative marketing agency and we get your brand out there, plain and simple. Welcome to creativity is our slogan and we mean it. Now, what else? Coaching, sure. We've been coaching for years, you just didn't know it. We've been coaching CEOs, COOs, C-level executives under our consults for years, but now with the leadership experience, we're taking it to the streets and we are coaching one-on-one with individuals like you. You need help with personal growth. You need help with career growth. You need help finding your leadership and changing the world. That's that. The leadership experience will do that for you. And all of this, it's under the umbrella of Launchpad 516. So visit us at launchpad516.com. Launchpad and the numbers 516.com. Check out the link in our show notes. Let's change the world together, guys. Fabrizio, great choice on the music, buddy. So I want to get into the story of how Dave and Josh met and how this whole deal, this SLA deal, we're in the proud shirt right now, came about. So Josh, talk to me about it. We talked before about your your outlook on life after your diagnosis and what you thought was going to happen. 
And then you got a job at Spectrum Design. Yeah. So tell me about it. So pretty much, um, I met Dave on like my tour of Spectrum. Uh, my my first uh, like meeting of Dave was this guy who was like hyped up on coffee. Like that energy was like contagious. <laughs> I mean, one thing, well, he's a huge coffee drinker. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but, um, uh, yeah. But so I'm, I'm. Remember, he he was awesome. He showed me around a little bit, and um, he said that that's pretty much how we met. But um, with SLA, um, at first uh, it was gonna be a book. See, and we were going through names and stuff, and and the process of going through names. We were it was gonna be a book, and um, we wrote um down pages, um, did illustrations. But that that all kind of stopped when um, I called up a publisher and I found out that the book we we were going to lose money because the publishing costs were like so high that there's gonna realistically we're not gonna make any profit. Um, so then around that time, um, Dave and I were kind of also bouncing around ideas for like the book or podcast, what we were gonna call, and um, Dave brought up the of name what about sounds like autism. And I was a little cautious. I was like, you know, no, I'm a little worried because what if it, like, offends someone? You don't, because, boom, you know, then we'll have a huge thing. But eventually, um, that name, it, it it stuck in my head. Like, sounds like autism. It's like, it's just really good. So I went back. I'm like, no, no, that, that sounds like autism. That that name, that's good. So um, that, that's how we uh, came up with the name. Dave thought up. I was cautious, but then... It was very good, so we went back to it. Um, so yeah, and with it becoming a podcast, Dave um, told me how like how he said earlier was once a punk rocker, and um, he had a like old microphone and stuff laying around. And I think it was in their garage or something. He mm -hmm. said. So um, he said, "No, let, let's try to do a podcast." And I'm like, "Okay." So then one day, um, Dave comes up the stairs and is like, "So Josh, we're doing the podcast, right?" And I'm like, yeah, yeah, but in, in actuality, like, I totally forgot that day. Um, but I just, I was like, yeah, sure. And um, we ended up recording, and uh, yeah, it went from there. And we started building a following, and it went way better than we expected. And then it was just like, yeah, we're definitely not going to go back to the book idea. Um, because we, we saw this is where it was. We, we like, we hit, and um, the following was there. Um, the enthusiasm with us was there. I mean, the passion was there. Um, everything was there, so that, that's pretty much how it started. What I'd like to know specifically, well, you know, what first thing is talk to me about the book. What was the idea for for the book? Well, Josh is actually it's so funny. He has he has certain things that he tends to to talk about and kind of not show off about, but you know, talk about what he's good at or whatever. He never talks about the fact that he's an incredible visual artist, and the book was supposed to be he just made a self portrait. The catalyst was he made a self-portrait out of magic marker that was just sick. Literally okay. Crayola magic marker. And oh, yeah. the book was going to be um, him, self-portraits of him growing up, like on the playground, on um, whatever. And just it kind of the, the whole idea is, you know, that it gets better. Um, and this is me as a little kid on the playground crying. This is me when someone told me that I was going to live under a dumpster, blah, blah, blah a lot of those spark moments for Josh would be pages in this book. And, um, and the word sounds like the, the term sounds like autism. It, it, Josh was nervous because of like the stigma and like, Oh, are you making fun of what autism sounds like? But really it was more like, um, 
you know, what does autism sound like you to you? Like, oh, my cousin, you know, he's four years old and he's still not speaking. Oh, sounds like autism. Or what about talent? Sounds like autism. You know, TEDx speaker sounds like autism. Advocacy sounds like autism. So we were talking about flipping the script on that kind of what autism sounds like to you. And that's where the book title came from. And then once we looked into like even self-publishing was just like ridiculous. And we, you know, we weren't trying to make a profit, but we were trying to not spend money on something that we yeah. worked so, so hard on also. Um, so yeah, the, the idea of just like, he was like, what's a podcast? I was like, well, it's free. <laughs> and you know, <laughs> and, uh, and, and that, that's, that's how it started. <laughs> Yeah, I love that story. Uh, you just talked about that in your most recent episode with Megan Carranza, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's a great story. Um, Josh, tell me about uh, – so so you guys decided to to do this as a podcast, right? But I think when you do something like this, there's always that, that benevolent agenda. There's that greater mission here. What was your – what were your thoughts on what the goal of SLA was? was going to be well, off the bat. Well, the goal is this was going to be the same goal as if it was a book. It was like this, the founding goal was to help all the little Josh and Joshettes out there. And yeah, Josh, it's <laughs> like, I mean, <laughs> Oh my God, please you don't know. ever use that again. <laughs> yeah, but, I picture like an Alvin and the Chipmunks kind yeah, of thing. Honestly, and that's what I was just thinking. Yeah, it's like the Josh, yeah. Josh like the and the Josh Eds. <laughs> I like that's that. That's like a 50s band. <laughs> <laughs> It's a doo-wop band. <laughs> oh, jeez. I, I, I can see that in my head now. Um, but yeah, but the first nervous episodes, he was literally just appealing to like to all the younger people that were yeah. once in my position, listen. And then he started getting mostly moms reaching out of kids that weren't able to really self-advocate yet. And now it's even more like you know adults that are just in a different yeah. position than him, or right? Yeah, and uh, it's, uh, it's really cool. Also with the, the TEDx, for example... Um, there was a guy from Australia who, um, watched and he hit me up. I was like, he told me like one of my lines in my text speech is like, you know, yeah, people do usually like find, find me stupid and stuff and jobs too. Like, I'm glad I'm not the only one who thought that. I was like, dude, that's awesome. And I didn't know where he's from. And I was like, oh, so like, where are you from? I was like, oh, you know, I'm right by Sydney, mate. And I was like, are you serious? Oh, you're you're not bad, Josh. Not like, bad, buddy. I think yeah. there is a career in Hollywood for you. Hey. <laughs> but it was so weird because I was like, wow, like, this dude's in Australia and he's like, you know, he just watched that and it resonated with him. It's like, you know, autism knows no borders because, like, I don't know what you literally cannot. We're right now in Long Island, New York. You literally cannot get further on Earth from Long Island than Australia. So the fact that it resonated all the way over there, like, I mean, that that's incredible. So, I mean, the, the again, the, the mission's always been, like, to help the others and people who are going through, like, the hard times and, like, what to do if you think you're falling back in, like just everything, just so you know you have a place and um, you're not the only one. Yeah. And it's 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 great. It really is great. I love that. And, and I love how far reaching SLA has gotten. Oh, we'll oh get God, to, we'll get crazy. into that in a minute. But uh, but before that, do, can you do the Australian one one more time? All right, mate. <laughs> how about how about British now? Okay, I need to channel my inner Patrick Bardsley. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I hope he's not pissed. I just did that. Well, all right, mate. It's the same one. Same one. It's the same one. You know what? We're gonna stop there. I don't know. We're gonna stop there before they rename your podcast. Sounds sounds like racism. Um, Yeah. So so this thing this thing really blew up and and took on a life of its own, which uh, I loved seeing. And that's kind of when I met you guys at that point. uh, I guess a little bit after the inception, right? 
uh, is when I started speaking to you guys. Uh, we, we, ap- you- we applied when there was only like, we applied for Ted when there was only about like six episodes out. Yeah. We got in when there was like under 10 episodes out. It, um, like, and it was before we had any, cele- the, all the celebrity guests that we've gone on since have been because we've been like, TEDx speakers, here's our video. <laughs> yeah. You know, but, uh, but yeah, we were yeah. really picking up steam at that point. How, how far, Dave, did you, you know, in, in, your, in your heart of hearts, the honest answer how far did you think SLA would go? Like the reality of it. Not where did you hope it would go, the I reality did, of it. It's kind of a complicated answer. Like I didn't know about actual like listener count because I never had a podcast before and I didn't really know what that looked like. I was hoping it would have a lot of listeners. But as far as like how it's affected Josh and I personally and professionally, this is leaps and ba- bounds beyond what I could have imagined. You know what In I mean? In a good way. Yeah, yeah. And actually probably we probably have fewer listeners than I hope for, but more making more of an impact on us and on the world than I ever could have imagined, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I I agree with that and I'm actually looking this up right now cuz I have this somewhere in my email. I follow being now a a new podcaster. I follow um not only my own podcast uh charts and results, but I follow the charts and results from, uh, you know, all my friends that, that run podcasts. And so I actually get, um, reminders or, or, uh, uh, progress updates for sounds like autism from a company called pod charts, which shows the, shows the, the charting of, of certain podcasts. And so here, I'm going to bring it up. So the most recent one I had was February 21st. You guys charted at number seven in Malta, number seven on the top 200 in the personal journals category, number 51 on the society and culture category in Malta, both. All Um, all 10 people in Malta are listening. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I guess it's not that hard to track in Malta. (laughs) It sounds impressive. Uh, That's what You've hit number six and 47 in Malta. Uh, But you actually... We're huge in Malta. You're huge in Malta. As soon as I figure out where Malta is, we're going to go out to Malta. We're going to... The fans are going to be greeting us at the airport with signs. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I I do know uh, uh, off the top of my head, I think you guys had hit like 150 in personal journals in the United States. Yeah. That's great, man. Like that's that's an impact, and nothing shows the impact more than the the change that you're making out there and the caliber of guests that you're bringing on. You guys have had. Uh, we both know Bobby Rubio, the the writer and director of Disney Pixar's Float, uh, which I landed him as a guest because he was a guest on your show first. So props mm-hmm. to you guys for that. Um, tell me about some of the other uh, big uh, names we had, had. Mary Rolick, the executive producer of. Netflix is atypical, atypical which is right? a yeah. huge Netflix original. Whether you're not, you're, you know, you have anything to do with the autism community, it's a great, great show about a family uh, who, in the son and the family is affected by autism. Uh, they just got renewed for their fourth season, and fingers crossed, we asked to be on it or at least have a mention of Sounds Like Autism on it. Like maybe he'll pick Amazing. up his phone and it'll be on the. We, well, our friend Eileen Carmody, yeah. who has one of the biggest autism mom blogs, Autism with a Side of Fries. Yeah, um, she, she was on it. Yeah, like the, mo- the mom on the show in the first season is looking at her laptop screen and like an email pops up but before she's looking at it she's looking at our friend eileen's blog so it's just like a little shout to the real movers and shakers in the autism advocacy yeah. field so we were we like literally on the show asked her for the same yeah. kind of treatment i'm literally uh, gonna be us. analyzing every episode of season four for any sla reference yeah like if it happens you guys are gonna get like a call like dude we're on netflix <laughs> you know what and, we should do you know what we should do we should try and get rapaport we should do yeah. 
We oh should do. Yeah. So I've had this idea before. I talked to Cordon about this. Awesome. I've talked to Cordon about this with the Golden Mike. We should do a crossover episode. Mm-hmm. We should do a joint SLA and launch cast. And maybe we'll bring Cordon in for a Golden Mike episode. For sure. Let's try and get Rappaport on here. He's Rappaport so is a nut. He's an amazing actor. Amazing actor. I've been watching mm-hmm. him since the beginning of his career, but he's also it's funny. Uh, he's funny as a nut job. <laughs> he's one of my favorite guests on the Stern Show. Mm-hmm. Everybody here knows that I'm uh, Howard Stern is my communications hero, but he is he's one of my favorite guests on there. I was just listening to him this morning, having a whole thing with the whack pack on there. So we should definitely try and get him on for sure. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. You had some more. Tell me, tell me yeah, some um, more. Yeah, H- Haley Moss has become a really good friend, but she was making headlines on everything. Good Morning yeah. America and CNN and everywhere for um, her work um, in advocacy. She's the first um, – she's a, a self-advocate. She's on the autism spectrum, and she just became a, uh, a lawyer in Florida. She's yeah. a brilliant mind and a, a great advocate, and she's become a good friend. But we got her on like episode four or something when she was uh, – brand new uh, you know just so so viral and that was huge for yeah. us um and then we had the the director and the producer of pixar's loop which is another yes. autism related uh pixar short that just came out on the disney plus platform and, which is killer and also i might just say like a personal level like me as like probably the world's biggest disney fan to have like those guests on was so awesome oh, we're was, getting into that yeah don't you worry so cool we're getting um, into that uh, yeah, so so I want to piggyback on this for a minute with the success of SLA and what you guys have been able to to really do in terms of the outreach of Sounds Like Autism and, and how far and wide now. Because I have no doubt that this will really steamroll into a, a super successful podcast and you guys are going to do a lot of good with it. Tell me very succinctly, I'd like to hear this from from each of you. We'll start with Josh. What is the message? What is the message that SLA is trying to get out there? Give me, get, Josh, give me like the two sentence message. Like, it's pretty much we hear you and you're not alone. And like, don't feel that anything's impossible because it's not. I mean, so like, just simply look, look at me. I'm like a smoothie of like disabilities, as you will, and I'm still here. So the fact that I'm still here, and I'm dealing with all that and like other things is like, the only reason that um, it's something's impossible to you is because you simply have convinced yourself and fooled yourself in that matter that it is impossible. That's the only thing is that you've successfully fooled yourself that's impossible. So we're here to prove to you that it's not impossible. Dave? Um, the message of Sounds Like Autism is um, you know, we're on a mission and join us in this mission to create a more inclusive world for people who carry the label of different. And it's kind of transcended just autism specifically and uh, gone a little bit more into other people who are, are labeled different, whether they're uh, developmentally disabled or they have some other sort of neurodiversity like me. Um, and also just that not only should people be included for, you know, the people that are different should be included, but they should be celebrated because, you know, what makes you, what makes you different is what makes you special and what makes you special is what makes you great. You know what I mean? Like, so we should encourage that. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And thank you both for keeping those answers to two sentences, which you paid no attention to, either of you. Um, <laughs> what is a sentence, really? I mean, when it comes I to... Mean, <laughs> I mean, with my grammar and now, skills, And now on. the Launchcast becomes a philosophy podcast. If you what end every sentence sentence in, in because... It's a run-on sentence. <laughs> that's, that's the trick. Comma. 
because, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I just, I love what you guys are doing and I want to get into how we met, but real quick, I'll, I'll give a shout to SLA. So, uh, sounds like autism. You guys can find it where everywhere podcasts are available, yeah. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Listen yeah. to it, subscribe, share, go to sounds like autism.com. You could find the podcast there, but also you can find the merchandise there. Like, hold on. Let me zoom in on George here. Oh yeah. Move my mic. What a shirt. Don't you just love that shirt? Isn't that beautiful? I always wanted to to show everybody my brain, and now there you go. See, brain now you can with headphones. Yeah, now you can <laughs> and buy them because you know what? Dave has Dave has a kid. That's right. Dave's got to live. Josh doesn't have. Josh might have kids. He's dating. Who knows if there's kids out there that he doesn't know about? We hope not. But hey, you know, one day you might get that phone call after he does the twenty three and Me test and says, <laughs> "Daddy, Daddy." Any cash? And then you go, hold on, let me go into the let me go into my t shirt fund. And yes. Yes, son. That's right. I have some cash for you. God. We hope that doesn't happen. But. I pray to God. <laughs> I pray to God. So you guys grew SLA and the the message uh, that you tried to get out there became bigger than just a podcast. And you had the thought that SLA needs to be more than just a podcast. It needs to be a movement. And so you made the decision to get out there and apply for a TEDx, which is a huge jump. Now, I do know that Josh has done all kinds of corporate speaking stuff, right? Uh, Spectrum sends you out. Yeah, I've done things, um, for example, Northwell Health um, Hospital. Um, a bunch of their um, like executives I've spoken to. I've spoken to Uber. Um, their exe- um, headquarters in New York City, I've spoken to about like 200 people um, there. And so, but... Honestly, like none of that was like TEDx, like like the whole the whole. It was all off the cuff stuff too. Yeah, right? that was all off the cuff. Like I'm naturally off the cuff. Like right now, I'm like I'm off the cuff. I'm thinking like on my feet. But um, watch out, guys! He's off the cuff. <laughs> but um, with TEDx, the whole thing is you need to like memorize everything. So that's like a whole a whole new thing. Yeah, so. yeah. You know the the corporate speaking stuff alone. And by the way, these guys are available for rent. Uh, yeah. For your corporate <laughs> events, uh, visit them at soundslikeautism.com for more information and how to contact them. Northwell, you mentioned before, for those that are outside of New York State, Northwell it, is the largest employer in New York State. It's a hospital system that's a really, really incredible system for, for the listeners that are not in New York. Because we have we have listeners everywhere, too. Not just Malta. Yeah, Australia, but what are your Malta numbers like? Australia, like let's be honest. You, we have an Africa listener. I believe somebody on Mars listens to us as well. And so you guys applied for TEDx Farmingdale, of course, uh, the the event that I executive produce. And I saw your application and it, it caught my eye immediately. It was probably the first application that once I saw the video and, and was able to qualify you guys and know like, okay, they can speak English and, and, and they're uh, coherent people that can actually get a message out. You were probably the first decision that I in my head made where I was like, yeah, yeah, thumbs up. <laughs> you were probably the first decision in my head that I was like, yeah, no, this this works. And it's for a number of reasons. One, it was an important topic surrounding fixing the world. You were a duo, which was different, which was really cool to me. And you checked a, a different box because a little known secret is that when a, a TEDx organizer curates an event, they don't want you know, 500 self-help talks. They want to break it up. They want some environmental talks, uh, a talk surrounding inclus- uh, inclusiveness and autism. Um, you know, so so it was different. It was unique. And so I knew early on that we were going to choose you. 
and we went through the process. Of course, we chose you. And where I really started getting endeared to you guys was when Dave, I called Dave directly to tell him because I did this thing where I had a, a video. I called everybody on a Zoom call to surprise them and get their reaction. And it created a reaction video. So Dave actually told Josh and videotaped him. And I'll never forget <laughs> that reaction. I'm pretty sure he like dropped everything he was holding on the floor. And he was like, yes. Yeah. You know, uh, <laughs> while he was working on some dangerous machine. <laughs> and, and it was great. And uh, you guys were so fantastic throughout this event because you listened, you took my mentorship, of which I was really careful about it, right? I was trying to be very thoughtful, but I knew what you guys could pull off. Mm -hmm. And you listened and uh, down to, to your preparedness, number one, was so impressive. It, it led to the point where you were able to actually throw out your original talk and write a brand new one and still submit it earlier than most people got their drafts in. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that second talk was was the one. Needed no changes. It was incredible. Uh, you guys worked hard. You worked your asses off. You came here for all the rehearsals. You were part of the community, and you got on stage, and you really changed the world. I'm telling you, man, you guys had such a big effect, and I was proud to have you on my stage. I'm proud to to call you guys friends. I'm proud to uh, to, to help mentor you guys whenever, whenever you need and, and be here for you guys. And when you stand up as a leader – and you do something that's as brave as that, you know, where you can stand up and say, I'll do it. I'll talk about neurodiversity up on a stage, as scary as it is, and as much work as we have to put in, I'll do it. That leads to situations that will help further that satisfaction. It will help make your life better. It'll help make other people's lives better. You've been introduced now to a community. You've been introduced to my community uh, of like-minded people. You've had other opportunities uh, because of that. And it's all good stuff, you know? So, so thank you, first of all, for standing up and doing that. Um, ooh, the Big Talk Academy, our newest sponsor. Guys, you have a story to tell. You want to make an impact, and damn it, you are ready for more. I know all about this journey. You see yourself on that big stage, so what are you waiting for? I know you're ready to take that big stage, and you are probably freaking out about how to do it, but relax. The Launch Dad's about to tell you how to do it. And if I'm the Launch Dad, then this lady right here that I'm going to talk about has got to be the Big Talk Mama because she has helped to bring to life more talks on big stages that you could possibly imagine. Award-winning director, speaker coach, and producer Trisha Brooke, she founded the Big Talk Academy and she founded it for you. This is a 12-week virtual certification program and she's gonna teach you how to identify your big idea, craft your big talk, and learn to pitch like a boss. She and the other members are gonna support you along the way and I know all about this community, guys. It's incredible and they're gonna help you realize your dream of becoming a sought-after speaker. In Trisha's community, you might be on the big stage by yourself, but you are never alone. Group calls twice a month. You can ask Trisha anything and get the support that you need to take things to the next level. Guys, the Big Talk Academy, it's waiting for you, and so are your big stages. Let's do it. So, so this led to uh, uh, a really cool year where you guys have been doing uh, a bunch of stuff. You've You've had a, a bunch of incredible guests like we talked about on the podcast, and you're still growing, right? You guys are, are pushing for more speaking gigs, right? I know you guys are yeah, doing sure. something 
later on this year, right? Yeah, we're going to Cali in uh, in September, yeah. right, Josh? Yeah, that that's that's so cool. I still that's sick. Oh it's it's so cool for personal reasons for Josh too, because Josh's special interest. And everyone with autism has a special interest or obsession. <laughs> but uh, Josh is just planes, and he's never been to the West Coast. Yeah, so never. that's going to be so, so cool for Josh. We're going to Chico, California to a, a big autism conference, right, Josh? Yeah. 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 But still, honestly, the biggest thing I'm excited about is, like, I've never been on, like, a long-haul flight so I'm, or cars country. So that's what I'm excited about. I mean, <laughs> uh, to tell you the truth, I mean, yeah, the speaking's cool, but still. <laughs> sky's, sky's the limit, Josh. Sky's the limit. Merce Sky. Yes, Merce Sky. Oh, I know all about it. Stop it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> guys, talk to me about balance. Uh, you know, I talked a little bit about this before, and I want to. I'm going to ask you a very specific question, um, and I know we want to uh, be mindful of time here. But Dave, first, um, I found true balance in my life when all of this came together, the personal life, the professional life, uh, the benevolent mission, and um, a partner in life that got me and that um, supported me and allowed me to support her. Uh, Talk to me about what that's meant in your life with your wife, Priscilla. Yeah. um, I I wouldn't be anywhere near where I am today without... Priscilla just nurturing this this energy in me and you know I I'm I'm a a workhorse but it's very particular work you know I was saying before that with the kind of challenges in my brain that I have you know some trauma that's really affected the way I think and uh my ADHD dyslexia etc my coffee addiction as Josh so eloquently (laughs) pointed out um you know I'm good at stuff, but it's very particular stuff. Yeah. <laughs> to, so to be, this is so per- you're like Liam Neeson and Taken. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and I will find my daughter. Um, but it, you know, she really—I I hate to say like I'm an adult child or something—but like I, she really takes such good care of me and my family, and she's just such an incredible partner. She's you know kind and beautiful and empathetic and understanding of of all my my hangups and my flaws. And um, yeah, I. I don't know where I'd be today without somebody in my corner that um, that isn't blood related to me that I met that could kind of say, okay, I see you as you and I accept it and it's cool and I choose you and I'm going to keep choosing you every single day. I mean, that's been so, so critical to my development and to my, my well-being and, and in my life. Yeah, I love that. I yeah. love that. Josh, you're a little little younger than us, right? You're how old? I'm 26. So Josh is, he's still looking for the one. Ladies, ladies, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to edit some good music in here, but we'll put the bounce to wow, wow music. Girl. (laughs) (laughs) Little boys to men. (laughs) Josh is still looking for the one, ladies. I'm going to flash an 800 number on screen and you can call to apply for a game with Josh. No. Um. Josh, I want to talk about balance with with your family and the support that they've given you along this journey. I am fortunate enough to to have chatted with your mom a few times, an incredible lady, your biggest you. fan, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, talk to me about that. Well, you know, my mom's always been the one who's always been there and, like, fought against, like, the school systems when they were, were trying to, like, take the easy way out and, like, let me fall beneath the cracks. So she she's always been there. And really, if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't be, like, how I am today. Um, I wouldn't have as much. I, I don't credit like all these skills and stuff I have without her like helping me get to where I am. Um, so yeah, we we're we're still very close. I see her usually like at least once a week or, or something. And she's from Malta. That's where all the listeners <laughs> come from. I knew it. Yeah, yeah. Damn you, Malta. <laughs> it's a long flight. From Damn Malta you, Malta. To see her once a week. 
<laughs> well, you know, it's it's funny because you you relate it to autism in terms of uh, before. Um, you guys are, are advocates for the autism community, and yeah. it's and it's incredible that Josh, you're you're an individual with autism, and G- and Dave, you're uh, in the neurodiverse community as well. But isn't it funny how you know already that when you can advocate for uh, for the underheard, that it makes a difference, right? So when you look at our personal relationships, whether it's our family, our parents, our our significant others. You know what? They're advocates for us. They're advocates for our success. So why wouldn't it work better if we didn't have those people, right? Right. right? You know, so it's it's kind of a simple formula that when you surround yourself with people that can help make you successful, you, you surround yourself with advocates um, for what you're doing, and then you advocate for them in return. It's a win-win for everyone. It's all good. It's yeah. all good, guys. Real quick before we hit the big three, what is next for Sounds Like Autism? Uh, honestly, I don't know because like with all the stuff that happens, like anything could happen tomorrow. Um, this like whole... the life of Josh Mersky on CBS this fall. Let's make it happen, CBS. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, it's really this whole thing is crazy. I mean, there's always like we'll get a new development or like a new we'll think of a new opportunity or just like it. It's fast paced and honestly, like I love it like that because I'm someone who can't just be sitting still, like. I need something to do, and if I'm not doing this, like even like even when I have my friends, I don't know if this is a good or bad thing, but I, I like it. I'm thinking about this. I'm thinking about how we can improve this, what we should be doing. Um, I mean, th- this is like like this has become like kind of life almost to like improve and just improve and just see like what we can do and do and do. So honestly, I don't know what's next. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'll tell you, man, you're you're on a good path. Uh, yeah. I know you and I have had quite a few personal conversations yeah. about growth, and man, you're doing it. I'm proud of you, man. Thank and, you. And everybody's I proud that. of you. So, uh, you know, not something we need to talk about in public, but this is, you know, we need to help each other. That's what this Definitely. is all about, right? That's what Dave, it's all about. What's next? I don't know. I mean, we've been speaking of balance, right? We've been throwing a lot of stuff at a wall, but stuff sticks. Like yeah. we've been, we've been. You know, when we shoot an email out there, like, you know, there's a pretty good chance of, of getting some opportunities. We've realized ever since Ted, there's been a big upward trajectory. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know what's next, but I know we, we'd want to be careful because I'd rather do um, I'd rather do the things that I'm doing at 100 percent than than to bite off more than one of us can chew. Sure. And yeah. And to, to do things, you know, half butt. Yeah. So uh, so it's it's a matter of balance for us. We've definitely taken a little bit of a, you know, there's been a little bit of a dip in, in our presence on social media and the kind of interviews we've been getting and stuff like that over the past couple of months because we just had had to work on our families and things like that. But I think and that... And also um, avoid burnout. Yeah, I think that continuing to do the show and uh, continuing to get some more, some more gigs um, within the community that we have been nurturing and... and, and alongside but also beyond like talking about corporate social responsibility at, yeah. at, at companies in the city and things like that is definitely um on the table after speakers who dare is over and um and yeah the sky's the limit love that i love mean, that it's it's amazing because like i think of it like with both of our backgrounds and stuff and now you're like oh we're having conversations like hmm corporate responsibility um do you think this corporation would be good to maybe have sla come for a speech it's like See, like you never know how things will turn out if you don't give up. Yeah, I mean, because literally, look at look at the stuff we said in the before, like about our past, and now look at this current situation. Now it's like if you back there, you would never have thought this happened, but boom, here we are. Mm-hmm. 
Love that. Love that. Yeah. All right, guys. It's time for the big three. The big three from the launch cast. The big three, if you listen to this show, which I know you both do, the big three is your top three. I am going to give you guys, and since we have two guests now, I'm going to tell you who's who here, but I'm going to give you guys something. You're going to give me your top three list of these things. Ready? All right. First one, Dave. Favorite bands. Ooh, that's good. Uh, as far as my whole life, overall favorite bands would be uh, my best friends in the world are a really legendary band called The Casualties, uh, Mohawk punks from New York City. Uh, the Clash, obviously, London Calling, super important album. I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to throw a curveball at you. It's not all punk rock I listen to. I'm going to go with uh, Nine Inch Nails. It was really pivotal for me growing up, and I still, I still love it. Yeah. Great gym music. Oh, yeah, for sure. Josh, favorite movies? Anything on Disney Plus. <laughs> and Godzilla. Those <laughs> two. I'm such a kid. That's fine. Three of them. Come on. Three movies. And, um, uh, so Godzilla is one of them? Godzilla, Star Wars, um, and th- that's all Star Wars except for um, eight. That was not good. And um, <laughs> Yeah, that's very bad. And, um, uh, geez, what else? I, I don't know. <laughs> All right, so you, you got three in there because technically you got couple seven plus couple, two yeah. plus one, so you got like ten movies yeah. in there. Yeah, We're yeah, not the excluding eight. We'll itself count it. Will when they're back on. Oh, next and Jaws. Time. Jaws also. Okay, there. You okay, go. so Josh got like thirteen choices. <laughs> Thanks, Josh. <laughs> no problem. Thanks, Josh. Dave, top three failures. Ooh, um, failures. That's really good. Um, I'd say I barely graduated high school, which was you know, a pivotal moment of my life. That was important. Um, I, uh, let's see. I bit off more than I can chew a couple months ago and I kind of had a little bit of a, a freak out. And if it wasn't for that, I, you know, my, my marriage and my family life wouldn't be as where it is. My professional life wouldn't be where it is. So that was really important. And, um, I didn't get a job. I was in between human services job and jobs and I was burnt out from all of it. And this was like maybe seven years ago. And I almost started working for Geico Oh, yeah. and I didn't, I didn't get it at the last minute. And that was probably the best thing that That's ever happened great. to me. That's great. <laughs> I love that. Josh rock bottom moments. Ah, uh, man. Um, I mean, all those have to do when I was like mainly a kid and stuff with the social, but um, the social stuff. But professionally, um, I, I don't, I don't know. Um, all all of them are in like the kitchens, like um, yeah, definitely just like the work in the kitchens because I mean, I think I stayed there longer than I should because they were just abusive, bad, toxic environments, and um, I should have gotten out earlier. But, um, That's fine. We'll take no, the, we'll take that. Yeah, three be, kitchens. Three kitchens. No, no, no. Actually, there were more than three. Moments. Yeah, there was right. more than three. Well, kitchens, it, it, it's a limit um, to three. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Dave. Favorite SLA moments. 
um, getting the Ted and that moment of like talking to you and then feeling so bad Josh wasn't there and and running downstairs to Josh with my iPhone and telling him not to curse I'm gonna film me saying something to him yeah that hug like that moment was was really really huge for us stepping off of the stage at Ted and realizing <laughs> that we we crushed it and it was actually fun like yeah. that was that moment was one of the most energizing and like just like blood flowing like that was just such an incredible feeling to walk up on stage and for cordon and some others to be there and just be like you crushed it and it's over like that that was huge and i would say um lastly probably it was a pivotal moment to get uh mary rolick like we said earlier from from uh atypical on the show because i'm a huge fan of the show and it just made us realize that like when we put ourselves out there and we speak that people are listening and they're actually like yeah, we should include voices of people that are on the spectrum in in our in the dialogue, and yeah, we let's. They was they were just so accommodating and willing and eager to speak to us and do a video and all that stuff. That was just it was pivotal for me because it, re, it made us realize the potential of of what we were doing. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Uh, Josh, last Ooh. one. Ready? Yep. This one is spark moments. I will reiterate. Give me three. You have no more free passes to give me twelve answers. Okay. Three succinct. Three spark moments in your life. Like the biggest one on my life was easily um, preparing for TEDx, which I never thought I would have said. Oh, preparing for it. I will, but um, honestly, it's because I learned I'm way more capable of before because I was never really good at memorizing things, just reading it, memorizing. But I went through. I worked so hard. I, I turned yeah, down did. so many times to hang out. Like I literally, I lost like forty pounds um, <laughs> because of that. Like so. You're welcome. Um, yes, th- thank you, thank you. <laughs> but like, I've learned so much about myself that I am like, I know it's strong, but I, I learned that it's like beyond what I thought. So that was honestly the biggest spark moment in my life. Nothing can compare to that. That's one. Oh, I love that. Um, that was a big one. So we could just take one if you yeah. Want. That, that was really the All biggest right. one in my life. All Anything right. else does not come close to that. So. All right, guys. Real quick before we go, it's time for the spark moment of the week. All right. Guys, today's spark moment comes from a quote that I had read uh, a while back when Dave and Josh were working on their TEDx talk for TEDx Farmingdale. Great, great quote. Um, Dave had mentioned Dr. Temple Grandin uh, a few times, and so I looked Dr. Grandin up, and and, uh, uh, I saw this quote, which goes like this. It is never too late to expand the mind of a person on the autism spectrum. And I think that today's episode really, really speaks to this when you look at the success that Josh has had. And even Dave is a neurodiverse person, somebody that suffers from um, ADD and and dyslexia. Um, You know, uh, Josh, though, specifically, when he talked about his outlook on his life after his autism diagnosis at 13 years old, it was really bleak. And it really, like I mentioned before, it really... Um, shined a light on the type of stigma associated with autism. And so look what this guy has accomplished, right? Uh, it's, It's crazy to see that once he allowed himself the permission to expand his mind and to do things that he never thought he could do, this guy's killing it. This guy's killing it. And so this is a quick one, guys. Uh, Great quote. Again, it is never too late to expand the mind of a person on the autism spectrum. Um, You know, acceptance, inclusion will help that. 
um, accepting that neurodiverse individuals have something to offer this world. Um, you know, when you look at the stigmas where people think somebody like that might be a burden, um, it, it's it's insane to me. It's insane to me because everybody has something to offer. And so if we expand these stigmas, if we expand our minds uh, to be more inclusive, then we can help to expand the minds of people on the autism spectrum. And uh, I think that's a good spark moment for today. We did it, kids. We did it. I want to I want to thank Dave and Josh for being here today. Sounds like autism.com. Check them out. They are doing incredible stuff. You can check out their podcast. You can check out their merchandise and you can book them for your speaking event. Oh yeah. Because that's what they do. I also had an idea. I have a thought. I'm going to talk to you guys another day about this, but I want to make it my mission to get SLA a speaking gig with Disney. Holy, I, I wait. Can, can I say it on this? We could do that. Okay, let's do Holy that. Holy crap! Yeah, you could do oh that. Oh my god! Oh my goodness, the c word. Oh yeah, no, that sounds good. Crap! Let's what the yeah. fuck? Is that crap! <laughs> this, this ain't our show, man. Right, holy shit! Are you serious? <laughs> uh, guys, thank you so much for being here. Incredible interview. I, I had a great time with you. And guys. thank you for your mentorship and your Seriously, guidance and all the so opportunities much. that you've given us. It's, it means the world to us, I'm and, here and your forever. friendship does too. I'm yeah. not going yeah, anywhere. Yeah. Yeah, beyond thanks. I mean, Never, again, ever. Not going anywhere. Uh, guys. This dude's awesome. Seriously, this dude's awesome. Thank you, buddy. <laughs> guys, catch us every Monday morning. Apple Podcast, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio. You know the drill. New episode, 6 a.m. every single Monday morning. Remember to follow Sounds Like Autism social media, soundslikeautism.com on their website. You could find everything there. And... Uh, It's another episode. Come back next week. We're going to have a good one again. See you later, guys. Launch sequence terminated. Into the black hole. Thanks for listening to the LaunchCast today. Please make sure to subscribe to this feed wherever podcasts are available. Follow me, George Andriopoulos, at Launchpad CEO on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. And make sure to visit our website, guys, thelaunchcast.com. Looking forward to the next episode. See you soon, guys.